This episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Meow, 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 meow. Hey, I'm Clarissa, and I'm this week's special guest on On This Frequency. Welcome to another episode, kittens and cats. I'm Natalie. And I'm Bartley. Ricky's not here. (laughs) And I'm excited to have Clarissa, my cousin, who will be sitting with us to talk about what one endures when they become a young parent. Um, My first memory of Clarissa was her wearing some pink cowboy boots and a hat. I can't remember the exact outfit, but she was dancing to some cartoon on TV. And based on her personality at her young age of probably about six or so, I thought, oh, this girl's definitely my relative. And then I thought she's going to be unapologetically herself and do whatever her little heart desires. And now here she is sitting with us. She's a licensed massage therapist. Are you licensed? Where are you uh, it's I'm certified for the state of California, but I'm working on my license. Oh, there you go. Thanks, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a Reiki practitioner. Yeah, I learned Reiki one. Ooh. So okay, girl. <laughs> she's 21 and a mom to 10 month old Indy. And she is actively breaking generational traumas at home. But before we get into all of that jazz, um, here is our first moment of laughter from uh, Christelle Alonzo. That healthy food is so expensive, and how do they justify it? How do they justify it? Now they tell you the life story of every animal you're about to eat at the store. You walk down the aisle, it's like Ancestry.com for cows. (laughs) Every animal has its story. Oh, this milk is hormone-free. This beef is grass-fed. This chicken is cage-free. Fuck, these animals had a better childhood than I did! (laughs) I grew up in the hood. I had bars in my window, but this chicken was cage-free. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so good. Was okay, it? that's my favorite part. <laughs> but the, I never thought to think about it that way of like the story of the of the animal. It's cage free. It's this. It's that. We are so caught up in our labels here, and that shit makes all of the difference in pricing at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It really does. Uh, absolutely. The more the more labels they can put on it, the more they could charge. And I am that person paying for that shit. <laughs> oh, it's fucking cage free. Let me pay seven ninety nine for these eggs. It's totally worth it. Or it's organic. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say organic milk is so much better than the other shit. So I will buy the organic milk. You know what? The uh, I'm I don't drink uh, regular cow's milk, but I do notice a significant difference in the taste of blueberries mm-hmm. when they're organic versus when they're not. Yes. They just taste different. Everything tastes Everything different. Everything tastes different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't taste the GMOs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a lot smaller because they're not supposed to be freakishly huge. Right, right. So it's just, it's such a wild thing. But anyway, um, that was Cristela Alonso from the special about Netflix is a joke. So moving along, um, you know, I'm 
thank you again, Clarissa, for coming out and having this conversation with me. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have Ricky Lee today, unfortunately, Um, but that's okay because she's doing big girl things. She got a job (laughs) and all this shit. She's got things to do. So um, Bartley might be chiming in a little more. We might just carry this conversation. Who knows? But let's have some fun, right? Well, if it's anything like the conversation last week, I won't be chiming (laughs) in. Oh, yeah, this is true. (laughs) Yeah, last week was kind of awkward, but I think think we got past that, so I should chime in a little bit more this week. This is true. Last week was all about the periods. Bartley couldn't relate, so. I couldn't couldn't relate, and I was kind (laughs) of mildly, like, uncomfortable back here, just like, Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but you know, Clarissa being a young port, uh, a young person <clears throat> for me, it's important for me to mention that, um, and the importance of talking to the youth, mm-hmm. not necessarily to make sure that they're staying in line. And, but personally, it has never felt me that somebody younger than I am is showing me their vulnerability, fueling me with knowledge or a conversation that I needed to reflect on in order to heal or make a decision for myself. Clarissa affirmed something for me early on in my pregnancy. It was about trusting my intuition. We talked a little bit about the unexplainable certainty about the gender of our babies. Um, So I think you had asked me. I was pretty early on. I don't think I had found out the gender yet. And you were asking like, so do you have any idea (laughs) what you might be having? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a boy. And then you just clarified like, girl, if you think it's a boy, it It is. is. It is. I just knew I was going to have a girl. Even though, like, a part of me was like, oh, it'd be cool if I had a boy. No, I just knew. It was, yeah. like, my destiny. I'm yeah. just like, look at me. Look at my family. It's all girls. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a girl. It's funny because I, too, was over here sitting like, oh, well, I'm just going to pick all of these girl names. <laughs> but inside, I knew that I was having a yeah. boy. So um, Clarissa also put me on to Dolores Cannon, a woman who specializes in the recovery and cataloging of lost knowledge a created and created a unique method of hypnosis for healing and past life regression known as quantum healing hypnosis technique. All of that to say that if the older generations would receive the youth with a little more curiosity, we could potentially accept and accomplish more. So thank you for all of those things, Clarissa. I, you know, we're at least, what, 12, 12, 11 years apart. And are we? How old are you? I'm 32. 32? And you're 21. So 11. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Look at you guys doing math. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's been a while. (laughs) But I just think it's awesome that it doesn't, the age doesn't matter. I'm learning something from you. I hope that you're learning something from me you no, know I don't always know. <laughs> i'm always learning something because you and my aunt are like the same generation yeah and i look up to her a lot she yeah. was like my my big sister kind of so yeah i look up to you guys a lot she's one of my favorite cousins shout out to marlene we love you marlene mm, we love her <laughs> and so so girl so we're here to talk about generational traumas and how you're breaking these generational curses at home and more specifically around being a young parent right yeah for sure so what has so you're 10 months into this parenting thing right (laughs) (laughs) at least yes (laughs) how do you feel or how has it been for you you know it's just it's honestly it's nothing that I really expected like being a parent 
You know, people will tell you like, oh, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that. Well, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's your own journey, but it was definitely not what I expected at all. Being yeah. a parent, yeah, like they're not kidding when it says it takes a village to help you. It takes a village. Like yeah. if it wasn't for, you know, my boyfriend, his family, my immediate family, especially like my mom and my sister, I honestly don't think, I don't know how I'd be like be surviving. Yeah. <laughs> it's how, hard. How difficult was it for you to to have a baby during this whole covid epidemic you know it was scary because i actually had covid when i was six months pregnant it was december of 2020 and it was before they had like any Mm. like vaccines or whatever and i got sick like Mm -hmm. everyone in the house got covid Mm because you know winter everyone just gets sick right it was either like flu allergies i don't know if i have covid and then then you add the actual covid on top of that so it was kind of like scary but once i had I got sick. I felt a little better knowing I had the antibodies. Mm. But like, I don't know. It wasn't as scary when I was in the delivery room because I feel like around that time is when everything started to slowly, you know, not be as bad as it was when it first began, March of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you had had your baby, was it May of 2021? Yeah. May of 2021. Okay. So by this point, things are kind of starting to mellow down. Yes. It's cool. I know some hospitals, like I think around that time, Kaiser was allowing like two people to be in the room. I know mm-hmm. the hospital I was at was only allowing one person, but mm-hmm. they were starting to like, you know, be more lenient. Like I didn't have to wear my mask at all. Oh, that's the good. nurse was like, hey, you're co- you don't have COVID. Like you can keep it off if you want. So that really helped. Oh, I like that. That's, yeah. Well, that <laughs> that kind of puts me at ease. Yeah, too. it's reassuring. Be- because, you know, we walk around with these masks on and I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> no, especially <laughs> being pregnant. It was so hard. <laughs> especially that last month trying to like exercise and walk. And like, I'm trying to like go to the mall because there's AC and I'm dying in this mask. Right, right. And it's hot. And I'm like, let me just go to the car at this <laughs> yeah. point. Like, I'm so irritated. Oh, my gosh. So what about... um? So you were talking about that you weren't expecting this this whole the parenting situation being it does take a village. So did you go into this thinking like I got this, I'm going to do this on my own. Nobody well, helped me or what was your mindset at that point? I knew point? it wasn't going to be like easy breezy. Like I've been around my mom, she had my little sister, like you know, my dad's family, my aunts just having kids left and right. <laughs> right. So like I had to help them with the kids and I knew like it takes a lot of sacrificing, but I don't think I understood the kind of sacrifice till I was in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Like Because that's now sac- it's your yeah. like baby 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't just be like, hey, come pick her up. Like, yeah, I'm tired or like, I'm having a mental breakdown. Can you like <laughs> come get her? Like, no, <laughs> you have to just take a deep breath and move on with the day and just be the best you could be. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Oh, I, I, I can only imagine. Yeah. I, you know, I'm one of those people, Clarissa, that... I very much like to take on things on my own and I don't like to ask for help. Me yeah. asking for help is like, it's literally like pulling teeth. <laughs> so I'm trying to resign to that and allow people to help me in any which way or even just to like my mom, for example, she'll want to visit and, oh, do you need this? Do you need that? Or can I take you this? Or whatever, right? She's mm-hmm. she's offering her services to me. <laughs> and I'm always like, no, no, you know, I'm good. But now I'm like, okay, if I want to practice receiving help, then I'm going to, okay, mom, you know, yeah, come over and yeah, bring me the rice cooker or yeah, bring me rice or whatever it is, um, just to start getting into that rhythm of allowing people in. 
because I do realize and I do acknowledge and see, you know, other people that are parents or, you know, have just a, a lot of things going on that it's just it does take a village. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, though, is to humble yourself enough to be like, all right, maybe I should ask for help or maybe yeah. I should let so and so help me with this mm-hmm. small thing mm-hmm. it, it's hard it's hard to do sometimes yeah especially if we're like if we've been conditioned and have this mindset of yeah, like i got this you know you've been independent now for so long mm-hmm. right you're mm-hmm. you've, you you moved out of the house you're doing you, you know you're married you mm-hmm. have your own life and now it's just like mm-hmm. maybe i still do need help yeah and i think um i'll even take it a little bit further um clarissa i don't know if you can relate let me know that when you're when you're a raised by a single mom that independence is ingrained oh hard. it's implemented you <laughs> since the day you come out the womb yeah yeah you do <laughs> she's this on like your own. yeah you can do it by yourself you don't need a man especially now like uh-huh. she's like you can look that up on youtube you don't need to like ask for help uh-huh. so uh-huh. i mean it has its like pros and cons because it did help me you know be a little strong mm-hmm. a little more independent mm-hmm. than a lot of people my age i feel like but yeah. also I feel like the single single mom uses a lot of like toxic masculinity in them because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm so independent, like I don't need help. And then that's when this barrier is created. And then that's when it's hard to kind of like take down that barrier and kind of learn that like, you know, let that feminine energy flow and be like, okay, like, you know what? I can't do this. Can you do this for me? Right. <laughs> or I can trust another woman yeah. or my mother or my aunt yeah, or, exactly. or cousins or whatever to help me with this thing. That's so interesting that you say that because I've recently come into this discovery myself or realization um, on my maternal, right? Our, yeah. our, our moms, our grandmas and stuff like that where there's a lot of there's a lot of um how can i say this so i can be correct here (laughs) where the women in our family clarissa just have had a lot of hurt and a lot of pain Mm -hmm. because of the men in their lives our uncles or you know relatives and such and there's this big stigma that's been put that like no you do this on your own you don't need no man la 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 and so we carry this through and so for me i've had to sit and humble myself and realize like <laughs> fuck i've had this negative narrative about all of the men in our lives and uh, even my own dad and stuff like that because of the conversations that i've heard my aunts have yeah that's and it's hard it's hard to get out of that and realize like you know, my partner can be a good man. Why not? And and not carry this narrative that has been placed on us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Honestly, it's just the whole family. I feel like everyone's <laughs> just had like bad experiences with men. You're right. And, you know, like my grandpa has given my mom a bad experience and like a male father figure. Mm-hmm. He's given everyone like my aunt, my uncle, that bad experience mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, that generational trauma, I feel like, came in. And it stemmed, you know, from my grandpa's dad because he was he was abusive and stuff, you know. Right. And then the girls would witness, like, him beating on grandma. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, obviously, that took a toll. And then, you know, they kind of subconsciously look for that in a man. Right, right, right. So I'm, then, you know, right when they see their true colors, it's like, oh, shit, like, uh-huh. you're just like my father, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And this is how that cycle yeah, just kind that, of carries through. Yeah, that's that through. cycle, and it the, just keeps going, and it keeps going. When you say that, 
all that comes to mind is like I I see the movie Coco and how there was <laughs> generational trauma from the yes. the musician and how every every um woman in the family like made sure that music was not a thing. Right. Yeah. And exactly. that's that's I don't know that that's just the picture that came to my mind. You know, when you have these gener- generational traumas, it passes down and passes down. Well, who's gonna break that trauma? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. The and that's coming it, in hot, right? <laughs> and, and that's exactly what um, we've been witnessing on our end. And now it's this generation. You know, the the millennials. A little bit of the what's the generation before the millennials? The boomers. No, is boomers? boomers is the, like it's the in between. It's like um, <laughs> Yo, yeah, Generation X. Gen, Gen X, yeah, it's Gen X. So like oh, Melina okay. and Orlando um, are my cousins. Your your uncle, your mom. Um, it's it's that generation, Gen X, the millennials. You're Gen Z. Yeah, I'm Gen Z. Gen Z. It's these three that have more or less started uncovering and unraveling. Like, oh shit, you know. Mm-hmm. My dad <laughs> shouldn't be acting this way. He's yeah. stubborn as hell. Or. You know, my mom is this way because of the way that so-and-so treated her. But it all stems back to, well, my my grandpa, your, what would that be? Your great-great? No, just great-grandpa. Great? Yeah. Just great-grandpa. Oh yeah, you're. Your <laughs> I'm like over here. Anyways, like the grand, the just the, the grandparents. Figure out um, your tree, ladies. Come on now. I know it's, but it's really, it's also really hard to just balance or figure that out. <laughs> it's okay. It's she different. has pregnant brain. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. Let her we, we know this, and everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast knows this too. Um. So yeah, it's crazy to think that this one human being, just two generations ago, had a really big impact on all of our family and how all of that played out. And so now let's fast forward. You're a young parent again, right? Mm-hmm. How, what was the, what, what was the narrative and the conversations around you being pregnant um, from your mom, for example? Let's start there. Well, obviously, you know, in the beginning she was like, are you set with this? You know, you have options. Like yeah. she wasn't, supportive but you know I had that already in the back of my mind because literally my whole life it was implemented like you need to go to a university a Cal State like just go get your education mm-hmm. you need to do this you need to do that so I feel like I always had that expectation growing up because mm-hmm. growing up I would be in like honors and AP and mm-hmm. I feel like you know when I reached to the point of like graduating I kind of was a little burnt out mm-hmm. and I was like mm, I don't know if school's like it for me and then when covid happened that's just everything but went like 180 i was like holy shit what's going on everything's online and so i stopped going to school and then you know that happened and it's just like you know it was just crazy so so then you so you get pregnant during the pandemic and your mom's giving you options yeah and so was she was she swaying you one way more than the other I or mean, I feel like she knew obviously I came to her like when it was too late yeah. <laughs> like I waited the 12 week mark okay to, to finally tell her, tell her. okay because I took that that was my sign I was like if nothing happens before the 12 weeks then obviously like this baby wants to stay and yeah I'll, then that'll be like okay like i'll let my mom know because that's my safe zone right so she was just like you know at first she was she was hysterically crying it was like so funny i shouldn't have been laughing (laughs) it was like a more serious matter but i was just like oh yeah mom i'm pregnant and she was just she ran outside literally so dramatic this lady ran outside (laughs) crying did she feel like uh (laughs) that you had ruined your life or something like that 
I think she was just scared, you know, because she she had that toxic mentality of like being a single mom. Mm -hmm. She really pushed my dad out and it affected me. Mm -hmm. Like my dad felt like he couldn't be around sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, I would try to have a say, but my mom's a very strong headed woman. So Mm -hmm. she's like, if it's not my way, it's the highway. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she always told me since day one, it always just felt like me and her. Like my dad was kind of like the outcast. She just wanted it to be me and her. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, like years later, it's, it's just, that cycle <laughs> right Where she was just has that toxic mentality and it's still like it's just me and you yeah and i just want what's best for you yeah i want what's best for you like you saw me struggle you saw like mm-hmm. i had to work two sometimes three jobs because she was also did she, she have you at she, the same age she uh, was like a year younger i was like a year older okay but basically so 2021 yeah she had me like right after high school okay. so your mom's in her 40s then she's yeah, yeah, she just turned 40 she's ricky's age wow just about and yeah. it's funny because Clarissa is just about Alina's age. So it's just, uh, oh, I wish Ricky would have been here for this episode. <laughs> Damn her. Ricky, if you're listening, <laughs> we're pissed. <laughs> but yeah, I, because I'm, I'm wondering too, like what, and maybe Melina should have been here also, but Melina, I know, if she's you're listening, busy. the next one or now, well, she's fucking leaving too. Um, <laughs> but I'm wondering like if Melina, obviously I feel that, melina would have probably wanted to protect you in a sense because she struggled so much being a single parent Mm -hmm. and whatever issues she might have had with your dad or or whatever it was i'm sure she wanted to protect you from all of those things right yeah and you know as i got older i started to understand you Mm -hmm. know because i started seeing these things and like i'd have these conversations with my uncle and he would tell me stuff about like my grandpa and just Mm -hmm literally since like even before my mom came to this world Mm. it's like she was shunned and Mm. like the outcast like my grandpa he's done some pretty fucked up shit (laughs) like obviously we're older now we've like i guess grown to like get over it but healed a little bit healed a little bit i don't know if my mom's healed yeah and but i know my grandma has but he was gonna leave my grandma while she was pregnant with my mom Mm. with some other girl and so like now i understand even like before she came to this world she was already rejected by her dad yeah so that put a lot into perspective and like it breaks my heart yeah like i love my mom and i just know she's like this little fragile person Mm -hmm. even though she puts up this like barrier of like i'm strong like i can do this by myself it's like i know that like little girl of yours inside is a little hurt sometimes so So you just want to love her inner child or you You just want to love her in general yeah even though she makes it hard (laughs) love her though yeah no for sure and we got it we have to we have to love our moms our moms would give anything for us at the end of the day it doesn't matter you know you could have done whatever you could have committed murder your mom would have probably helped you bury the body (laughs) you know what i mean so shout out to the moms out there in the world you know we yes i love you moms all the young moms, old moms, <laughs> middle-aged mom. moms. Yeah. Love, love them all. All of that. Oh, that's beautiful. So, okay. What about on, I want to ask about your boyfriend's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Is he about your age? Yeah, we're the same age. Okay. Do you know how his parents reacted or what that was like? They or were, what it still is like? I mean, they're pretty laid back. They have five kids, so this was their fifth grandkid. They were just like, okay. you guys need to be smart. Yeah. Make sure you guys get your life together, you okay. know? I mean, his mom was like, she shed some tears. She's like, you know, this is a big responsibility. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I know. I know what I'm kind of getting myself into, but I really yeah. didn't know until it happened. But right. I knew it was just going to be like a change. Yeah. A big change. Do um do you get a lot of help from them? Yeah, Your actually, uh, they help me out as much as they can, especially his sister, mm-hmm. um, his older sister. She helps a lot. She's like the favorite auntie. Like both her nieces love her. Aww. They're always going with auntie. Sometimes yeah. the baby doesn't even want me. She wants her auntie. And Aww. I'm cool with that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no. Heck yeah. The more hands, yeah. the better, right? Definitely. So what has been for you the hardest thing, like the hardest thing that you've endured these last couple of the last 10 months? I think just separating myself, definitely like trying to find my individualism because like I said, I can't, I can't just like do whatever I need to do. And I still feel like I'm young. So I was still already going through that individualism Uh journey. Uh And now like I have, I added this little life that I had to take care of Yeah, and I still need to figure myself out. Right. And then I'm also in a relationship. So sometimes that just gets overwhelming. Right. Like how do you find time for yourself? Yeah. And then how do you find time to be in a relationship? Yeah. And then also be a mom. It's exhausting. It's 24 seven. And I don't know. Sometimes I just feel bad because you know, I have to work as well. So I just mm-hmm. wish there was like more time in the day, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that would probably help a I lot would of things. Solve all my problems if there was just more time in the day. No, when I was your age, I felt, I feel old even saying that. God. <laughs> um, but when I was 21, like I felt like I was still searching for myself. Do you feel like you found yourself yet? Or are you still on that journey of finding yourself while juggling all these things in your life? I know I'm definitely going to be on this journey for a cool minute. I feel like I have an old soul, so I feel like I have a lot of stuff that I have to learn Yeah. in order to, like, really discover myself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's just that kind of journey where it's always, like, you're always just finding stuff. Yeah, you know, it doesn't evolving. Matter. Yeah, evolving and stuff. So, yeah, I still feel like I am looking for myself. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, too, and it's interesting because here we are 11 years older a whole different generation and i'm still like i don't i'm still finding myself (laughs) yeah and it's a lot of unraveling and evolving because like you said there's things and experiences that will happen to us at different times in our lives Mm -hmm. that will be mature in some areas and then super immature in other areas because we've either lacked the experience or we've blocked a certain thing in our lives and so we don't acknowledge it until years later so it that's it's crazy to me and i wanted to go back real quick and mention um you were saying you were saying something about um so your your grandparents were about to split while you know melina was in the womb right your mom and then i think like I was reading, I've been reading this book, The Body Keeps the Score. Have you heard of that book? No. So it talks about trauma um, that we hold in the body, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's a there's this section in there that talks about how parents that are depressed and that are either they're pregnant or they're really young or whatever, whatever the kid is really young or whatever the case may be, that parent will likely have children that suffer from severe anxieties and depression and things like that. And so not to say that um, your mom has any of those things, but 
just to see our family tree and Mm -hmm. how anxious they are like I could even say my mom I look at her and I'm like and I and I think my mom too had a little bit of a stage where she was depressed and so I look at internally at myself like I have a lot of anxiety and so it's crazy how these generations if we continue to go about the way that we have been well we're not gonna change anything because well we don't even have the capacity yeah yeah i totally get that no especially because um oh my god i lost my train of thought for a second <laughs> oh my god it's i was okay. gonna say something and it just flew out of my it's, brain it's okay it's being a mom right? we're, <laughs> we're tossing this excuse we're around tough. back and forth <laughs> yeah i still have mom brain 10 months later it's a thing guys <laughs> But in, yeah, in your recent experience with becoming a mom, what would you say? Um, wh- what would you say your experience has taught you as far as like what's your greatest strength? Um, it's definitely made me better at like trying to multitask because before I couldn't even do like one thing. I get so overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't know, and it's probably because I also have. I feel like I'm an anxious person too, so I feel like that just now I'm starting to juggle a little more. And I feel like it's making me like manage my time a little better yeah it's getting me out of my comfort zone for sure which i think is good because sometimes i notice i get too comfortable and Uh indy just makes sure she's like no (laughs) yeah you're gonna get out of your comfort zone and you're just gonna help me out right right and in that same respect what would you say in your experience you know being a mom um has what what has revealed itself as your greatest weakness I feel like it's just like society's standards on motherhood. Mm. I feel like that's the hardest thing that I go through every day, Mm. especially being a young mom, because you have all these expectations. Like you're supposed to be like having a good paying job or like just being like a super superhuman in a way where you just like can balance everything. And sometimes it gets exhausting. Mm. Sometimes trying to juggle everything and then you like, you beat yourself up about it because you're like, I could get this done right now. Like, I should get this done. I have so much shit to do. Yeah. And it's already like Friday. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's definitely like society standards on what moms need to do or what they should do. How much of a role do you think social media plays in that? Oh my gosh, so much. Like, I catch myself comparing myself to other women sometimes, and I'm like, girl, you need to relax. Like, you're in a different position in your life. You can't compare yourself like that. And I feel like it's also, like, triggered some body dysmorphia after having the baby because my body Mm. has changed. My hips got bigger. Yeah. Because I was, like, 20 when I had her, so I didn't have nothing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And now I'm in my womanhood body, and I'm like, um, (laughs) I don't know how I feel about it, you know, especially when these women post, like, oh, look at me just one week after or two weeks postpartum, and Uh I was like, I'm still in my diaper, and I'm still, like, really fugly. (laughs) Why do you look this good? (laughs) So... Honestly, it's body dysmorphia. I feel like that's always been an issue with me, but especially after having the baby, it's it's been really hard sometimes. Well, yeah, and talk about body dysmorphia. We, as women, go through this throughout our, I think, our lives, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. of our changing bodies and being youthful all the time. You know, you want to look 21 when you're 50, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're 30 or 40 or 50, and your your body's changing, and then there we go having plastic surgery or whatever because we want to sustain our youth and our our i don't know our 
15 year old bodies that don't even exist or it's, whatever it's it is, the you know? same for guys too though because like yeah yeah but in like um oh i go to the gym five times a week and i am mm. all sculpted and cut and look at me kind of thing like you see that all over social media as a guy and i'm just like uh, you know it it makes me you know feel that same way i never thought about yeah, that absolutely. partly oh my gosh it's the same it's a it's it's not just a female thing. It's guys have the same thing, but it's on a much. I, I would say it's on a much lower level. Yeah, like it's not as in in my face every mm. day as it would be in your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but it's there. Yeah, it's there absolutely. I could see that because now you have like these these built men with their chiseled abs, and they have like this fucking broccoli for dinner or whatever it is and, oh let me show you my hot. meal prep yeah yeah like and then they have like the hot body girlfriend too and it's just like who the fuck is this right where the fuck do you guys come from <laughs> what planet you live on right oh my gosh i didn't even think about it like that or on your you know on the on the male's perspective interesting very interesting i feel like gym culture for male is very co- toxic because yeah. they have all these expectations. Like, I know guys come in different shapes and sizes just like us. We right. come in different shapes and sizes. Yeah. 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 Oh, look at this PR I just did. Oh, <laughs> my personal record. That's so crazy. Look how much I can lift. Look how much I could I could bench press. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so the dad bod isn't really a dad thing bod, No, dad bod is awesome. And it should be... <laughs> More uh, highlighted. Absolutely. Dad bod, bods are comfy for babies, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow well you know it it's society is really shitty and social media we've been talking about social media for the last couple of episodes here and it does put a big damper on your on your soul and your being because you're doing your best and it's already hard humaning you know doing your day-to-day and then you have your social media that's telling you otherwise you're not doing enough clearly what about okay so social social media is one thing what about personally in your social life so assuming you have friends i know we were talking about bumble and all of these friends things how have your friendships changed you know i feel like i feel like i still kind of have the same group of friends Obviously, my circle has gotten really small. Actually, when I found out I was pregnant, mm-hmm. a couple of, like, close friends, I'm going to put that in quotes, close yeah. friends, you know, they weren't very supportive of my decision. So, yeah. they are being very negative about it. So, I literally, like, blocked him that day. I was like, you know what? Obviously, this is a sign. Yeah. You guys are being very, like, not generous with me at all. Like, I'm in this vulnerable state already. Like, it's already a tough decision making okay. it. So, yeah. I didn't have support from them. And it's hard juggling friends. Like, I actually just had someone call me just to check up on me. Like, hey, how have you been? Because I... Honestly, I have been a shitty friend lately. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just hard because... I'm just so occupied all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard to turn off that mom brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last time I saw my friends was my birthday because they made it a point to come to my house, which mm-hmm. was nice. And your birthday was in January, yeah, right? Yeah, January. And we're now late we're March. March. Yeah. Okay. And I barely, I barely see my friends. It's hard. Yeah. So your the friends, when you came when you came to them with this situation that you had that, hey, you guys, I'm pregnant they were quick to react and let you know that that was not okay yeah one of them told me she 
she was just like, oh, like, you know, this decision you're making is so stupid. Like, you look at, like, your mom's situation, you're literally throwing your life away. Mm. And I had, like, another friend. She was, like, upset because, you know, we're barely getting our 20s. And she's like, oh, what about us going to party and stuff? Yeah. I didn't give a shit about partying, bro. We're in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. So, you know things come to light things shed to light and yeah. i feel like it was a situation that that needed to come and shed to light because those are the type of people i don't want around me and right. especially around my daughter right you don't need those people. yeah i don't need those people oh and i'm sorry that you went through that but it's again like it had to come to light yeah. you didn't need them and all for good reason exactly you know um when i so it's in two of my best friends got pregnant around 2021 and as as supportive as i wanted to be it's interesting because it it does you know you become a parent and your priorities do shift Mm -hmm. and you don't have time for your friends anymore and you have this child that needs to care for you and love you and all of these things um I had, so I had, I had a friend that 2021, um, she had her baby. I was there, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, as the years went on, obviously like I wasn't pregnant, I didn't have a baby. And so it was really hard for me and her to relate or to even hang out. Right. So we started drifting apart. And years later, like I'm talking a couple months ago, her husband reaches out to me, sends me a DM and he goes, hey, I don't know what happened between you and so and so. But, you know, I knew that you guys were really good friends and um, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't exactly know what the words were, but he was basically saying, like, you were a good friend to her. She, I think she misses you like it would be cool like if you guys hung out again mm-hmm. and so that kind of left me like oh shit I didn't even I didn't even think to or that anything was wrong or I was wondering I was curious about why he would even bring that up because we like it, there was no hard feelings we just kind of drifted apart a little bit mm-hmm. but I, I think that's kind of natural when like yeah. when your friends start to have kids and you don't yeah. like speaking from experience when your friends start to have kids and you don't yeah you know being a parent is a 24 hour day job mm-hmm. period like there's no Mm-hmm. You, you think there's sleep involved. There's not. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, no. the kids wake up in the middle of the night. That's that's part of your job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the time that you do have, you don't want to go out and, and you know, party and, and hang out with your friends. You want to get, try to catch up on some sleep right. you know, that you were robbed of. Or, you know, or, your, or that or self-care. That self-care, yeah. right. Or <laughs> or something's going on with your kid and your kid is, is always taking your attention. So naturally... Yeah. I would say it's not like you guys drifting apart. It's like, you know, she's got a baby to take care of right. and you don't. Right. So naturally you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, um, you know, Just deviate, you're going to deviate from, from each other. Exactly. And, like, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's going to happen, Natalie. Like you're right. going to have friends that, you know, don't have kids or have, have kids that are mm-hmm. older that can maybe stay at home and watch themselves. Right. And you're going to be at home with a, a newborn. Right. And there's going to be that deviation. So, yeah. Like, that's just that's just natural. I mean, yeah. but but hopefully, like you know, you have 
those friends that will will come back and, and check in and say, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? That's mm-hmm. yeah. And it's definitely true for my group of friends that a lot of them um, have kids that are 10, 12 years old now. And so even then, um, these friends I've been able to pick back up from, um, you know, years later or or they became uh, my friends just as their kids were old, a little more independent and mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see that shift. Um, I don't know what my point was exactly for that <laughs> conversation, uh, but it does. But it is interesting that life just, you know, takes a turn and you go through these phases and seasons of friendships and um and just a general life change. Yeah, because I remember when when Rachel and I, you know, got our kids, mm-hmm. um, everything changed. You yeah, know? and and we we naturally deviated from a lot of the things we were doing because it's not like okay, mm-hmm. now we have two kids to take care of. Yeah, and it's all, not as easy to just walk up and get right. going. It's not oh, it's not like oh yeah, let's go have dinner with our friends. Now we got to drag you know take our kids with us. Yeah, and they're causing a ruckus in the restaurant. And are you really like? Spending quality time with your friends. No, you're kind of like watching, trying to get your kids to behave kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's that's just how it is, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Clarissa, what do you find that? So I, I assume, you, you know, when you have a kid and you try to get back out there in society, you try to figure out like, OK, how do I function with a child? What has been like the wildest thing you've done in public with your kid? Or just that, like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I did this or that I didn't or that I couldn't or could have. I don't know. I feel like I don't really have embarrassing moments now because I really don't care. Like, yeah. I will whip my boob out. I will change her. I'll do whatever I need to do. She vomit all over my shirt. I'll walk around with vomit on my shirt. Like, yeah. I got to do what I got to do, y'all. I, yeah, I got to do what I got to <laughs> do. Like, this baby is just here. She needs <laughs> she needs my love and attention. She needs my care. So I don't think I did anything really wild. Uh-huh. And she, I mean, I think the wildest thing was her, like, taking a massive shit at Target. And I had to, like, get oh clothes from the rack real quick and, like, Just change her, it her And then I was like, here, I'm paying for this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I oh, think that's, that's like, crazy. But, yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm such a... Hashtag an- mom life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It literally had to happen the day that I one time forgot her diaper bag. She decides to have a shit explosion in her pants. Oh, I was just like, gosh. wow. Of course this would happen. Of course. But... <laughs> Talk about lessons learned, right? <laughs> like you can pre- never be overprepared. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind for when I decide to get out into Target. <laughs> let me not forget the diaper. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the diaper. <laughs> yeah. Clarissa, let me, let me ask you this. Um, if you could give a word of advice or encouragement to someone who is in your situation now, like a young mother just or a young person who just found out they're pregnant, um, w- what advice would you give them? advice oh my gosh there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. i don't know i guess just like kind of listen Uh, and i'm not trying to you know put you on the spot or 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 make you feel under pressure but like you have this new life experience you know Mm -hmm. and i guess just definitely take it day by day live in the present because that's what this i feel like has taught me what to do like the most is just be present because I don't need to be stressed about the past. I don't need to be stressed about the future. I don't need like added shit on me already. Mm -hmm. I just need to be present. I need to make sure that I'm here myself. Like I'm present mentally and physically because I also have to be present for Indigo. Yeah. So 
you know, you, you need that clear headspace. You need to be like, I guess, like that stronger person, you know? Yeah. Kind of let go of all of the expectations that everyone yeah. has about you. Um, you just have to do you at the end of the day. You mm. know, people are going to have everyone's gonna have their opinions everyone's gonna have mm. their comments they're gonna be like you should do it this way you should do it that way oh you're making a terrible decision for your life like at the end of the day it's affecting you it's your life you yeah. gotta do what you gotta do but definitely just live in the moment and be present yeah especially like you said now you have this child be present for them yeah and close everything out yeah else out everything on everything negative at least I mean, you know, you can't help it. You, yeah. Negativity's here, just like positivity. But as long as yeah. you're trying your best. I feel that. I feel that. Well, thank you, Clarissa, again for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. <laughs> this was so fun. I want, I definitely want to have you back between Ricky, myself, and Bartley. Um, I know that we mentioned it an episode before or so about massage therapy stories and <laughs> since you're a massage therapist we definitely want to have you back to talk about <laughs> all of that so you know have your phone you know prepared and look at your calendar and if indy lets you we can have you on again so we can talk about more fun stuff i'm excited oh yeah i'll come you're my cousin yeah I it's appreciate okay you. i appreciate <laughs> thank it thank you for having me um yeah of course and so Typically, when we have a guest on, we like to ask um, if our guest has any book recommendations, anything that inspires you, a quote, any reference that um, has helped you prevail within your, you know, within your own frequency that you'd like to share with our <laughs> listeners. All right. So I guess this is more for just like. The people in my shoes, you know, the young mommies that mm -hmm. kind of want to let let go of that generational curse. I got the book Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Ooh. It kind of helps put a lot in perspective, you know, because I feel like a lot of people have that victim mentality, victim blaming, and it shifts you out of that. And you're just like, OK, like now I'm thinking logically on like why my mom and dad did this, oh. or why this happened. So. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to pick that one up. <laughs> Thank you for that. Amazon, guys. I know. I don't like supporting Jeff Bezos, but it's easy. Yeah, you can get it there. Okay. Thank you for that. And lastly, um, what has been one of your favorite episodes? Uh, the, body, the body shaming, for sure. Because oh, yes. I feel like, like you said, as a woman, we always go through social standards of what we need to look like right you know and then we have our moms telling us what we can and can't wear right making us feel even <laughs> more insecure feel, yeah making me feel even more insecure okay i feel that i feel that a lot well thank you thank you for that um where let's see so now that ricky's not here i'm all over here discombobulated <laughs> bartley help me out where are we, we um we make sure reviews, to leave a review right? yeah yeah make sure to leave us a review on apple on spotify wherever you listen to podcasts you can also support us by donating some coffee you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash on this frequency and this week's episode is brought to you by Rose City Sound with executive producer Big Brother Jake from the Big Brother Jake podcast and produced and edited by Juicebox Bartley. Keep in touch and send us your topic ideas at onthisfrequency at gmail.com. Meow, 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 meow. Increase the peace, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> meow.
Ah, love it.